0: Hello, my name is Wang Yan, and I am a reporter with News China. With our weekly News China podcast, we aim to give insight into the trends and happenings in modern China through a historical lens. Today, we discuss how games ruined people and dynasties in ancient China. On August 30, China announced a policy that restricts the time minors complete online games to three hours a week. The new rules limit those under 18 access to online gaming platforms to one hour from 8 to 9 p.m. on Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays, and on official holidays. However, on Saturday 8 p.m. that week, many complained They could not log on their accounts for Arena of Valor, a popular game by Tencent. Two hours later, Tencent said that its servers were down and it had already fixed the problem. The company did not explain what had caused the problem, but players believed the rush of underage players logging on at the same time crashed the servers. As in the rest of the world, Online gaming addictions among children have become a serious social issue in China. Some children sneak their parents' debit cards to pay for online games. When denied access to gaming, some children become violent and hurt their parents. Some cases have ended in suicide. There are cases where parents are addicted to games, setting a poor example for their children. Over the last few months, the government also tightened restrictions on after-school curriculum training programs. Without tutoring or gaming, there are some concerns over what children should do after school. Some questioned the necessity of restricting online gaming as children's playtime is not of national importance. But history tells us that games are important to a nation and society as a whole. Tourists in Rome never failed to be impressed by the Colosseum. It is the biggest and most well-preserved of around 10 such sites in the world. The others are in Britain, North Africa, and Asia Minor, all former parts of the Roman Empire. Like online games, fights in the Colosseums attracted vast audiences by creating brutal scenarios that would rarely be seen otherwise. These death dues may have originated from ancient sacrificial rituals as a way of selecting which war prisoners or animals should be sacrificed. The Catholic Church banned gladiatorial dues in the 6th century. But the tradition still continues today in bullfighting, which has its own long history. Frescoes dating back 4,000 years in Knossos, Crete, depict bull fights. Combat games were also popular in ancient China, but humans were not doing the fighting. During the Tang Dynasty in the early 7th century, cockfighting was very popular particularly among the wealthier classes who spend lavish amounts on racing and training roosters to fight. But China paid a great price. In the year 666, Tang Emperor Gaozong was intrigued by a poem about a palace written by a 16-year-old Wang Bo. He made Wang the youngest official in the empire and appointed him to teach the emperor's second son, King Pei, Wang was celebrated as a wonder kind. As Gaozong's eldest son was the crown prince, King Pei was second in line for the throne. This showed how much the emperor appreciated Wang Bo's talent, and his career was a promising. But King Pei indulged in cockfights, which he held with his younger brother King Ying. Wang Bo also enjoyed them and wrote a poem titled a letter of challenge against King Yin's roosters. His description of roosters' breathtaking valor impressed the readers so much that the article was widely circulated among officials. It finally reached the emperor. Gao Zong was furious. He blamed Wang Bo for misusing his talent to ignite a feud between the two brothers. Wang Bo was stripped of his official title and his political career, Undead. But Emperor Gaozong's grandson, Xuanzong, was also addicted to cockfighting. During Xuanzong's reign, starting in the early 8th century, over 500 young boys were recruited to train roosters for the emperor. When the game was elevated in status as imperial entertainment, all of society became obsessed with it. From socialites and dignitaries to common criminals, The same year when Xuanzong took the throne, in 712, Jia Chang was born to a poor family. His family could not afford to breed roosters, so he made wooden roosters to play, but he knew how to train roosters to fight, and when he was 13 years old, served in the imperial court. The emperor and his favorite concubine Yang Yuhuan were amazed how Jia's roosters would follow his commands. Jia became very rich, and the emperor even arranged a marriage for him. As a very popular folk song about him from that time goes, you don't have to send your son to school. A boy good at cockfighting has a much better future than a well-educated one. Look at the boy from the Jia family. He was only 13 years old but has more wealth and honor than big rich families. It was no coincidence that under Xuanzong's rule, the Tang dynasty declined. In Xuanzong's early years on the throne, he was smart and diligent, and the dynasty reached its peak. But he lost interest in governance and focused on indulging his own desires. As Jia Chang's case showed, people who catered to the emperor's personal interests had a greater chance of success than those who served the greater national interests. However, Jia Chang was at least loyal to Xuanzong. When An Lushan, a town general, rebelled and captured Chang'an and Luoyang, the two capitals of the town, he offered a huge reward to find Jia. Jia's performance at Xuanzong's court had impressed him and wanted Jia to do the same for him. Instead, Jia fled with Xuanzong. After they returned to Chang'an years later, Jia became a monk. An Lushan also knew how to please the emperor. When Xuanzong learned An Lushan rebelled, he could not believe his ears. He had trusted An and his two last chancellors, who were both notoriously corrupt. Xuanzong's last chancellor, Yang Guozhung was a cousin of his favorite concubine, Yang Yuhuan. They knew how to make the emperor happy and got what they wanted. Xuanzong indulged himself in gaming, art, and women and lost his empire. As An Lushan's army approached, he fled from Chang'an to Sichuan. On his way, his soldiers forced him to execute his favorite concubine, Yang Yuhuan. Cultural pursuits can also become dangerous obsessions. Zhao Ji, the northern Song emperor who took the throne in 1101 with the regal title of Huizong, was a highly gifted artist. His paintings and calligraphy now hung in the Palace Museum in Beijing, Liaoning Provincial Museum in Shenyang, Shanghai Museum, and the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. But unfortunately, he misused his talents, and as an emperor, the consequences were devastating. Hui Zong was fascinated with collecting strange stones or large boulders of naturally unique shapes. He ordered for his subjects to collect strange stones from around the country to display in his private gardens. He cared little about the livelihoods of the people and had little knowledge of governance. His distractions were a chance for his officials to exploit the people. Stones were transported to the capital of Kaifeng on boats. Collecting and transporting these stones impoverished the people. Rebellions followed. These tensions were described in the classic novel Water Margin, written by Shi Nai'an, a few hundred years later in mid-14th century. Stories of a few characters in the novel circulated among the public through storytellers years after the fall of the Northern Song in the 13th century. Facing political turmoil and a jerkin invasion from the north, Huizong threw up his hands and abdicated the throne to his son, Qin Zong. But both Huizong and his son were captured by the Jurchens and died after nine years of captivity. There is a famous Chinese axiom about addiction. Seeking excessive pleasure saps the spirit. It comes from the experience of a king in the early 7th century BCE. The king of Wei at the time in today's Henan and Hebei provinces was obsessed with breeding cranes. He transported his cranes in luxurious horse-driven carriages. When the enemy attacked, his soldiers refused to fight for him. They complained that he treated his cranes much better than them, so he should send his cranes to fight. How could roosters, stones, and even cranes be of any harm? When powerful people indulged in them in excess, they ruined everything, including the power they held. How could virtual games make children forget the real world? They become harmful to children and their families when game companies exploit children's natural desire to play for profit. After the online gaming restrictions were announced, many called on parents to spend more time doing something meaningful with their children and for game companies to take social responsibility seriously and protect children. That is end of our podcast. Thank you to our writer Song Yimin. Editor and Translator Li Jia and Copy Editor J.T. We hope you enjoyed it, and thank you for listening. See you next week.